All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, appreciate that. What a blessing to be able to uh, uh, guys that have learned the instruments and be able to play those and use those for the Lord. What a blessing. All right. I'm going to go down here, grab my Bible, grab my notes. I kind of have to uh, hang on to them a little bit to keep them from blowing away, but that's all good. But I do. I can tell you this. Uh, go and take your Bibles, and uh, we're going to um, be in the book of Genesis today. Uh, the book of Genesis. Of course, today being outside Sunday, as I was uh, praying about uh, the message this, uh, this week, I got to thinking, it's like, man, how could we not, on outside Sunday, uh, have a message about God's creation, amen? And uh, how could we not, uh, as God allows us to enjoy this today, uh, not talk about it a little bit? And so uh, our message this morning is going to come uh, out of the book of Genesis chapter 1. Now, that's going to be real easy for you to find, amen? And uh, first chapter of the first book of the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter 1. But my text, I'm going to read a verse to you out of the book of Colossians. Colossians, uh, the book of Colossians, and so uh, I'm going to read that text verse to you, and then we're going to go to uh, the book of Genesis, and I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to preach for a few moments uh, this morning on this subject, lessons from the Creator, lessons from the Creator. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 12, uh, the Bible says this, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through the blood even forgiveness of sins now let me just say this that is a wonderful passage of scripture uh, but that's not my text I'm sorry <laughs> my, the wind's blowing me around here uh, and so uh, I have uh, I wrote down the wrong text I apologize about that I don't normally do that but I did uh, but uh, hey that's a good passage of scripture too isn't it amen I was trying to go to that passage of scripture in the book of Colossians uh, that talks about that he made all things and and by him all things consist. And so I apologize for having the wrong text this morning, uh, but uh, the scripture's all good. Amen? And uh, most of our message is going to come out of Genesis chapter 1, and you should be there anyway. And so uh, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Ask the Lord to bless the message, and we'll get right into it today. Lord, we love you again. Thank you for allowing us to be here, Lord, and the beauty of your creation, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you made all things. And, and Lord, by you, Lord, you hold them all together. And I pray now as we take a few moments and look at your word, uh, Lord, to be able to uh, uh, do so, Lord, out outdoors, that God, you'd speak to us through it, and we thank you now in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 1, uh, the very first verse of Genesis chapter 1 is this, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Colossians uh, uh, chapter 1 verse uh, 17, I'm sorry, I think it's chapter 2, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And here's the first lesson from the creator that we're going to learn this morning is this, all things began with God. All things began with God. Uh, four times in the book of Revelation, the Bible calls Jesus, calls God the Alpha. And of course, also is attached to that the phrase the Omega. And what that is talking about, folks, that's the beginning and the ending of the letters of the Greek, the Greek alphabet. And what the Bible is trying to say here is that God uh, is before all things because He created all things. And as you study through the Bible, you'll find exactly what it says. All things began with God. God. We see, first of all, that the invisible creation began with God. The Bible says this, that uh, all that's uh, by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible. Folks, you realize there's an invisible creation as much as there's a visible creation? And uh, God uh, made uh, the invisible things as far as the, the heaven that we can't see.
sea. He made the angels. Listen, folks, there's a whole invisible creation that God made. And you know what? That began with God. Not only did the invisible creation begin with God, natural creation began with God. In Genesis chapter 1, you read the, the, uh, the story of how God created everything. And you find that God created the firmament, the water, the land, plant life, the sun, the moon, the stars, sea life, animal life. Listen, folks, all these things that we enjoy on this planet, the natural beauty, you know where that came from? It came from God. God created that. As we look around this morning and we see the beautiful green trees and we look up and we see the beautiful blue sky and the sun and just all this creation that's around us, folks, let me just say this, that came from our Heavenly Father. Amen? And you know what? We ought to be thankful for that, that God would create these things for us to enjoy. Invisible creation began with God. Natural creation began with God. Hey, how about this? Human creation began with God. Amen? Human creation. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man, a male in, in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. Uh, folks, let me just say this. Amen? Uh, humankind, uh, mankind, uh, we are the, the, the pinnacle of God's creation. Uh, God did something different when he made man. Uh, you know what? The Bible says that he made us just a little lower than the angels. Uh, we are the, the crowning peak of his creation, and we were formed by the hands of God. You say, well, wait a minute. I didn't come from God. I came from my mom and dad. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says about that in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Hey, let me tell you something, folks. God may have used a biological process, but you know what? God's hands were involved in forming us in the wombs of our mothers. Amen? You know why, folks? Because life begins with God, and all things begin with Him. That's why it's so silly for people to believe in this false theory of evolution. And by the way, that's exactly what it is. It is a theory. And if you begin to study that out, you know what you find out about evolution? You know it's scientifically, mathematically, and just plain common sense impossible for evolution to be true. Now, if you got to step outside the reins of, of, of what uh, uh, the culture is trying to push down your throat to understand that. But if you'll just use the brain God gave you and do a little bit of study and research, you're going to find out, folks, it takes way more faith to believe in evolution than it does creation. Every time I meet someone who tells me they believe in evolution, I stick my hand out and say, hey, let me shake your hand. You've got a lot of faith. And they look at me kind of crazy and they're like, what do you mean? I said, because it takes way more faith to believe that everything came from nothing than it does to believe that we came from the hand of God Almighty. Amen? Again, there's all these things prove evolution's false. Probability proves evolution cannot be true. Of course, probability has to do with mathematics. What is probability? Well, you know what? Probability uh, is uh, something, for example, all right? Let's say uh, you play a game, okay? This week at home here, we played a family game. We hadn't done that in a while, and uh, we had fun doing it. It was fun to do. Let's say you play a game, and uh, let's say that uh, that game involves something like dice and you wanted to roll those dice and uh, let's say all of those dice had one letter of the alphabet on them A through Z and you wanted to roll those dice and have every single letter uh, uh, come out in perfect sequence okay now that sounds impossible doesn't do you realize the chance of that occurring is 1 and 2.4 times 10 to the 18th power now that went over almost all of our heads amen it would have went over my head had I not been reading it to you okay Okay? You know what that means? That means that the chance for that to happen is, is 
all nigh near impossible. Uh, science tells us for 200 things to occur in order, the probability is 1 in 10 to 375th. Mathematics say that anything over 10 to the 50th is impossible. And you want to tell me that our body, uh, with the way it works, just happened with, through, through the cause of probability to come to be just the way it is? Are you kidding me, folks? Really? I mean, you really tell me you want to believe that just happened to be and happened to come to chance. Probability proves the fact that evolution is false. You know that even the fossil record proves that evolution is false. Even the father of evolutionism, Charles Darwin, he stated that the fossil record should have millions of transitional fossils to show that evolution is true. You know how many transitional fossils they've ever found? You ready for this? You ready for this big number? You ready? You know what that means? Zero, nada, none. You know why they've never found them? Because they don't exist, that's why. Fossil records prove that evolution is false. Uh, how about this? You've all, y'all ever heard of this? You've ever heard of Lucy, the missing link? Have you ever heard of Lucy? Some of you, uh, that, uh, years ago, that was real popular. Lucy, the missing link. It was supposed to be the, the missing link between evolution of, of apes and humankind. Well, you know what? Every type of supposed missing link that's ever been found, you know what it's all, uh, uh come out to be? A big fat hoax. Amen? You know why? Because there is no missing link. Because evolution isn't true. Because all All things come from God. Amen? All things come from God. By the way, folks, it doesn't really, truth be told, take a lot of faith to believe that. I mean, come on. We all uh, uh, use our minds a little bit. Do you realize that anything we see in life, any physical object that we see, has creation, design, art, and order? For example, I'm preaching to you this morning out of the bed of this fine pickup truck. Amen? Uh, I know some of you out there that are driving uh, Chevys and Dodges. You wish you had a, a Ford truck like this. Amen. I know you do, uh, but you don't. So you have to settle for second and third best. Amen. I'm no, just kidding. All right. Okay. Uh, but uh, but no, this pickup truck I'm standing in this morning. Come on. No one really believes that, you know what, this truck just came to be. No one believes that. No one believes that just one day somebody walked outside and boom, there was a truck that just came from nothing. Of course not. You know, everything in life, folks, shows the fact that someone had to create it. I mean, come on, we live in Princeton. What's just right down the road from us? The Toyota Production Factory. You know what happens there? Things are produced there. Amen? Listen, you're not going to have a Toyota vehicle unless you have people to put them together. You know what else creation teaches us? Design. I mean, come on, folks. Design. It's in everything we do. I mean, from our clothes to our homes to our vehicles to everything. And common sense tells us that someone had to design that. Think about art for a minute, all right? Again, I look out at this beautiful creation. To me, this is God's artwork. Tonight, as that sun goes down, that sky is going to light up pretty. And you know what that's going to be? God's artwork. But come on, folks. If you have a nice piece of art, someone had to be the artist to create that. And on all on and on we could go. Common sense tells us that everything comes from God. So what's the first point we learned this morning, folks, from the book of Genesis, from the Creator, that everything began with God? What's the second thing we learned this morning from the Creator? The Bible says this in the second verse of the Bible, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Listen to this, verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Here's the second thing we learned from the Creator this morning, folks, the importance of light. By the way, think about this for a minute. God did not create light. Okay, you know why God didn't create light? Because God is light. 
He allowed part of Him to be part of His creation. There was light before there was a sun, before there was a moon, or before there was stars. In fact, if you read the Genesis account, God didn't create the sun, moons, and stars until day four. But on day one, there was light. And again, folks, let me just say this. All throughout the Bible, as you chase that through, you see the importance of light. Have you ever thought about what this world would be like without light? Have you ever been in a place of extreme darkness? By the way, what is darkness? Darkness is simply the absence of light. I remember as a teenager, a friend of mine, uh, Brother Ron Allen, he used to take us, me and some of the teenage boys, caving. And we'd go caving in some of the caves here in southern Indiana. And let me tell you what you experience when you go into a cave. You experience darkness. I'm talking about utter darkness. And you know what simply darkness is? The absence of light, okay? What would life be without light? Well, you know what? Light does everything for mankind. It kickstarts the food chain, both on the land and in the sea. It acts as a catalyst during photosynthesis of plants and provides substance for the survival of plankton. And truth be told, for the survival of everything on this planet. You know why you look around today and you see the beauty of these trees and this grass and, and everything so lush and green because of light? Light is so important, folks. Now let's, let's talk about this for a minute in a, in a spiritual sense. Amen? You know what? Truth be told, folks, uh, there, the Bible, the reason the Bible has so much to say about light because it compares light to several things. You know the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world? Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 8, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying... I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Hey, let me tell you what the devil wants for people. And let me tell you the most state people are in in this world, darkness. People are in darkness. They're stumbling around spiritually trying to figure things out. They're trying to wander and hope and, and just, just by a cross of the finger, make sure that, that, that things are going to be okay for them. Let me tell you something, folks. Spiritually, God does not want to stumble around in the dark. And by the way, you don't have to stumble around in the dark because we, as Christians, know the source of the light. And that's none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the light of the world. How about this? Christians are to be the light of the world. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Ye, speaking to Christians, ye are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but put it on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Every most Sunday mornings when we come to our Sunday school hour, what song is it we sing? All right, you know what it is. We get our lights out, right? Right? And we sing about letting our light shine. Let me tell you something, folks. That's just not some cute Sunday school song. That's a song that comes from the pages of the Word of God. You know why? Because as Christians, we're to be the light of the world. Amen? That means this. When you go to your workplace, Christian, you're to illuminate that light, that, that workplace. Hey, when you live in a neighborhood, spiritually speaking, you ought to illuminate that uh, neighborhood because of the light that shines in you th- through your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? We must never forget that. That God has put us here to be lights. So what do we learn about the importance of light this morning? That everything, uh, or the fact that God is light, and then we as Christians are to be light. Lesson number three from creation. We see this in Genesis chapter 4, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1, verse 4 and 6. Notice what the Bible says here. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. 
Verse 6, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and divide the waters from the waters. And let me tell you what you find out in all in, in God's creation here in the book of Genesis is that there God has set up a natural division of some things. A natural division. We see that all the way when God spoke light into existence. The Bible said He divided the light from the darkness. You know what that means? There's supposed to be a difference between light and darkness. Uh, but the Bible says that He set that firmament and it divided the waters. That meant there was a difference from where there was water and there wasn't water. As you read through Genesis chapter 1, the Bible talks about, uses this phrase, after His kind. That meant there was a difference between the different kinds of creation God made. You find later down in the chapter, the Bible says male and female. You know what? There's a difference between those things God had made. And here's the point, folks, that God's trying to get us to understand is that, you know what? There is supposed to be a division of some things in our lives. Amen? A division of some things. For example, right now, it's almost 11 o'clock a.m., and we're looking out here this morning, and it's a bright, sunny sky. You can see everything. It's bright out here. That's why I got my sunglasses on, because my eyes are so uh, sensitive to the light that if I didn't have it, I'd be squinting and have a headache, all right? It's bright out here. But you know what's going to happen 12 hours from now at 11 p.m. tonight? It's not going to be bright out here at all. In fact, if we were out here tonight at 11 p.m., we'd have a hard time seeing because uh, it's going to be dark out here. Folks, come on now. We understand that. There's a difference between light and darkness. And let me just say this, folks. There ought to be a difference in some things in our lives. All through the Scripture, you find differences. You find, of course, there's God, and then there's Satan. There's angels, and then there's demons. There's heaven, and there's hell. There's the flesh, and there's the spirit. There's the carnal. There's the spiritual. There's worldliness and holiness. There's good, and there's evil. And let me just say this, folks. As Christian, God expects His people to be different. Amen? We're not to be like the world. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, But ye, talking to we as Christians, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and an holy nation, a peculiar people. That word peculiar, it means a little strange. And by the way, why would he say that? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you live your life as a Christian in a way that pleases God, this world's going to think you're nuts. They're going to think you're crazy. Amen? I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to wear a sign around your neck to say that you're a Christian for everyone to look at you like you're nuts. Amen? I mean, if you just believe in the most common decency of things, this world thinks you're crazy. Amen? By the way, let them think I'm crazy because I'm more interested in what God says than what they say. Amen? There ought to be a difference. Hey, here's a question. How different should a Christian be from the world? I'll tell you, folks, as different as light is from darkness. Amen? As different as light is from darkness. And we see that all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 when God talks about the difference between those things that He created. Number four, what else do we see here from Genesis chapter 1? How about this? Man, this is good. Everything God does is good. You know what phrase you see repeated as you travel through Genesis chapter 1? Here it is. You ready? Here's the phrase, that it was good. Verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was good. Verse 10, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 18, talking about the sun, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it 
it was good. Verse 21, and God saw that it was good. Verse 25, and God saw that it was good. And verse uh, 31, and behold, it was very good. You know what we learn from that passage, folks, is that everything God does is good. Psalms chapter 33, verse 5. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Hey, how about this, Christian? Don't, let, don't fall for the lie of the devil that somehow God isn't good in all that he does and all that he allows to happen. Don't you dare for one second fall for that lie. Hey, let me say this. Do I understand everything God does? Of course not. You know why? Because I'm not God. I don't understand why he allows certain things to happen, why he doesn't allow certain things to happen. You know, truth be told, folks, whether we understand it, whether we just don't flat out like it, does it change the fact that the God of heaven is sovereign, the God of heaven is righteous, and the God of heaven is good all the time. Amen? Listen, just settle that in your heart. Just get that settled. Because I'm going to tell you what the devil's going to do, folks. When bad things happen to, uh, to you in life, and by the way, bad things are going to happen to you. You know why bad things are going to happen to you? Because we live as beautiful as this place is. It's a sin-cursed earth. And it's filled with a bunch of sinful people. Amen? And you know what sinful people do? They sin. And truth be told, you're going to get sinned against. You're going to have wrong done to you. There's going to things happen to you that, that you just don't make a lot of sense to you. And the devil wants you to start turning your frustration, start turning your doubt onto God and blame God for those things. Let me tell you something, folks. God is more good to us than we can ever, ever, ever comprehend or that we can ever, ever repay him for his goodness. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and the forbearance and long suffering and not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. I mean, folks, come on. There's not one of us that can't say God hasn't been good to us. I mean, listen, just the fact, just the single fact alone that we woke up in America today speaks to the fact of how good God is to us. Amen. I told you this before, and I say this all the time, but as Americans, we only make up four and a half percent of the world's population. Think about that for a minute. Four and a half percent. So that means 95.5% of the world lives in some other place besides America. And we got to wake up in this great land this morning. Hey, you know what that's called, folks? The goodness of God. Amen? There's not one stinking thing for us to be complaining about because God has been good. Amen? God has been good. So what are we learning from creation this morning? We're learning, number one, that all things begin with God. Number two, we're learning the importance of light. Number three, there's no, there's to be a natural division of some things. Number four, everything God does is good. And then let me show you another lesson we see here. Amen. Look, look at what it says in verse 27 through 29. And of course, this is talking about the creation of mankind. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given every earth bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree and that which is in the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat now there's a lot of things we can learn from those verses but here's as i read through those verses here's what the lord showed me all right and here's the last thing we're going to lesson we're going to look at this morning is this god's blessings and god's gift of life should never be taken for granted listen to listen to me folks again did you read what god said the bible says god blessed them 
God gifted them with life. I mean, come on, folks. Mankind, we are made in the very image of God Almighty. God gives us blessings to live this life. God has given us dominion over His creation. God has provided for us in this life. And let me say, those things God has given us should never, ever, ever, ever be taken for granted. By the way, you know what caused the mess this world's in today? is when Adam and Eve began to uh, take uh, what God had given them for granted. Instead of living a life of obedience and living in that perfect fellowship with their Creator, they began to take those things for granted. They began to set their desires on other things. And Eve, of course, was deceived by that serpent into eating that fruit. And Adam uh, chose to eat that fruit. And I know the devil was there. And I know he had part in that temptation, folks. But listen to me. They didn't have to give in. They chose to. You know why? Because they took the gift of life and God's blessings for granted. Now, before we get all aggravated at Adam and Eve for what they did, I wonder how many of us do the exact same thing. You know, I tell you this, in my life, there's been times where I've taken those things for granted. There's been times where instead of being content, I get discontent. Instead of being thankful, I get uh, I start grumbling. And you know what, truth be told, folks, I understand from time to time, you know, we're not going to bat a thousand. You're not going to get it right all the time. But let me say this, especially as a Christian, we ought to be uh, living life on the glory side. We ought to be living life praising. We ought to be living life being thankful more than we are uh, being negative about things. Amen? Let me tell you why. Because God has blessed us and God has been good with us to us. Amen? So when the old stinking devil comes your way and offers you the forbidden fruit of your lust and desires and, and what you want and tries to get you to, to turn your back on God and eat the fruit like Eve did. Hey, won't you shove that fruit right back in old smutty face and use the blessings and, and the life that God has for us. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, folks, when compared to uh, the blessings of God, we have so much that we ought to be thankful for. Amen? So let me encourage you. Don't take the blessings and life that God has gifted us for granted. By the way, life is a very precious thing. Not only is life very, very precious, life is very fragile. And by the way, we never know when our time's going to be. We never know when God says, you know what? Uh, your days are up and you're going to enter eternity. Ain't none of us have guaranteed tomorrow. The Bible says that we know not what's going to be on tomorrow. So let me just say this. Hey, why don't you just enjoy the life God's given you? Why don't you just be thankful for it? And by the way, when I say that, I'm talking about living your life in such a way that pleases Him. Amen? I mean, come on. He's given us life. He's given us blessings. Why would we not want to reflect a life lived of praise back to the Lord? Amen? I'm going to tell you, the best way to do that is, is, first of all, making sure you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Amen? I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, uh, life begins with God. Physical life begins with God, but so does spiritual life. The Bible uh, says in John chapter 3, when Jesus talked to Nicodemus, told him you must be born again. And let me say this, folks. You don't know what life is unless you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I mean, I can't explain to you unless you've experienced it, then you know what I'm talking about, what it's like to know that your sins are forgiven, that God's peace floods in your heart and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if someone happened to you on this earth you're going to wake up in heaven one of these days amen what a blessing what a wonderful thing that is that's where true life begins at it begins with the relationship with jesus christ and then once you know him as your savior folks hey why don't you just jump in with both feet amen won't you just jump in head first and just love him and serve him and give your life to him hey quit being wishy-washy when it comes to following jesus christ amen he is worth serving he is worth living for he will never let you down he will never fail you amen so praise the lord on this day 
outside Sunday, God has allowed us to have the gift of life and enjoy His creation and look through His Word and learn a few lessons uh, that He can teach us through that through the book of Genesis. Again, what are they? Number one, all things begin with God. Number two, the importance of light. Number three, there has to be a natural division of some things. Number four, everything God does is good. And number five, God's blessings and gift of life should never be taken for granted. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.